This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. How's it going, Damon? It's a whirlwind of a morning, Joel. I don't know. That's um, <laughs> crazy. You wake up and you get all kinds of text messages. You ever wake up and just look at your phone and see the number of messages that you receive and you're just like, oh. Sometimes you get a little panicky of, okay, this is either going to be really good news or this is going to be terrible news. Um I think we got. I think. I think we got weird news. Let's put it that way, um, and strange news given circumstances. Uh, I'm sure we will dig a little. Are you bit talking more. about my pregnancy photo shoot? <laughs> well, that was one of them, right? That was one of them. That picture was um, looked like uh, again the joke that I made is I could do that picture uh, just by taking off my shirt. There's a picture of Joel. A photographer, um, and what do they do? Just Photoshop your head on there, or give me a give me no? A- I had, we had to have a big polystyrene screen, which Mally was standing behind with her belly sticking out, and then I had to stand on a little stool and stick my neck out, like with really a grumpy face with a grumpy face because <laughs> I don't like having my photo taken, right. and stick my neck out in front of this screen. So there were no tricks involved, no photoshopping. Wow. It was all just angles. Okay. All right. I thought she was going swimming. I thought that was the word that, on the street. She, she was, is going to get lost. <laughs> Hurry up. I mean, we're doing a live show here, lady. God almighty. Uh, get lost. Don't care if you're eight months pregnant. Fuck off. Yeah, really. Seriously. You've been milking that for eight months, for crying out loud. <laughs> God almighty. Poor Joel running around with his head cut off. Um, yeah, that was a that was a that was actually a very cool picture. Um, are you going to share that with the, with the family? We can share that with the uh, listeners, or uh, is this going to be kept private? Uh, I'll share it. Why not? There you go. It's a good picture. It's funny. It's a funny picture. I like it. Um, so we'll share that out, and then uh, again, other texts. Uh, again, we are always doing our due diligence for you, the listeners, about uh, all that is happening with within the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then we got some. Something that kind of oh boy, it's just craziness. I don't know. It's just what a world we live in. What a, what a time to be alive, Joel. Um, so yeah, that's my morning. That's that's my morning. Eighteen minutes in. <laughs> Eighteen minutes in. And then um, do you want to do you want to pull back the curtain and t- and talk a little bit about um, an idea that we had and that we might be doing if we can get all parties involved uh, to agree. Yeah, you go ahead, Damon, because you, you explained it very succinctly to me. All right, so uh, in one of our drunken uh, adventures, uh, we always come up with some pretty fun ideas, usually revolving travel or something like that. Uh, but this time, uh, we had a suggestion that you, the listeners, can get involved in. So um, you we get so many questions all the time about uh, our lives, our, our how you know, our spouses put up with us, all that stuff. And because uh, Mally is such a uh, superstar on this show, such a, uh, an important f- person in, in the success of our, of our show, and people just need to know. And also, uh, with my lovely bride, Cheryl, uh, 
we thought it might be a fun idea for you, the listeners, to send in your questions for them. They will be on the air. They will answer uh, questions about pro wrestling, about, you know, send in all those questions that you guys always send in. So uh, we're figuring we might do it. I don't know when. We'll figure it out. But start sending in those questions. Um, Joel will tweet it out as well if, if necessary. But uh, yeah, that seems like something that would be fun. We'll have that in a can just in case there's a show that um, we can't make because Joel's on daddy duty or or whatever. So we'll have that. And um, yeah, I think that'd be a fun, lighthearted, uh, good uh, little peel back the curtain kind of thing. Speaking of daddy duty, Damon, there's been an absolute groundswell of people writing in, offering their services I to... Know. Uh, take my. <laughs> Were they jumping my grave so quickly? I know they certainly did, Joel. Fucking hell! I know. People I've never even heard of. Like, I I'd be honoured to take your spot in the podcast. It's like, <laughs> I don't remember asking you, son. Right, it's just craziness. The weird one was Michael Craven. That one I thought might have been a little weird, but okay. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, I mean, it's nice. It's nice, but I, honestly, it made me a little bit like, oh, like I got to say no to people. <laughs> you know, I got to. You know, some people. Okay. No, well, I, I will say, assume that I will not be missing any time. Right. I'm going to try my absolute, but this this has hardened my resolve to not miss a single fucking minute of this podcast <laughs> with all of these vultures lined up ready to pick up my courts. Probably praying that I'm never going to come back, but. Listen, fuck all of you. I'm not missing a show. <laughs> look, look, a lot of them, you know, might be the first time they have a listener or two. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kidding, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I, actually, it was very nice. Um, I like the, I, you know, the fact that we do have a nice little support system for and, and uh, people are there with their services to lend a hand uh, in this trying time for for not trying time, but, you know, stressful time, I'm sure. Uh, for Joel, so uh, again, we do appreciate that, and um, yeah, we're, we're working on that. And again, I think the biggest thing is is that you, Joel, is very he, and, then, and that's not just not even for the uh, you know the fact that you know you, you vultures are are circling the corpse. Um, it's more along the lines of Joel likes to do it. You know, he he's he's determined to do it. So I'm going to give Joel every opportunity to make that happen, and then um, you know. It might be an emergency phone call, so uh, stand by. You know, have your phones ready. But uh, as of right now, Joel's going to power through, and we'll see what happens from there. Little coronavirus update. Uh, some Japanese companies have been cancelling their shows. I know yeah. Stardom have cancelled a few shows, and they're doing an empty arena show. But New Japan will not be cancelling any live events as of now. The meet and greets and autograph signings have been cancelled until further notice. They're offering refunds for tickets to shows in March, and attendees are encouraged to wear surgical masks. So, uh, what do you think of that? The fact that some uh, companies are cancelling their events, but New Japan are going ahead with them. Um, look, I'm not going to tell anybody that you know. Oh, you're paranoid, and why? You know, don't you're you know, listen. They they if they feel the need to to cancel events. Look, pro wrestling. In case you didn't know, you know, is in it for the money. Right, I know, I know that's hard to believe just for some people, but yeah, they run shows so that they can make money to pay their staff and wrestlers and et cetera, and the bills. Um, so for them to cancel shows, it's a, uh, I want to say it's a painful process, but it's it's a last resort. Um, and if they feel that that for public safety, um, it is a 
a wise move, then yeah, I mean, I mean what are you going to do? You got to support it. I, I didn't look again. You know better than I do, Joel, and your life has directly been impacted by the this virus. So I'm going to defer to you. What What are your thoughts? I mean, you're again. I I always call it. You're right near ground zero when it comes to uh, this virus. What do you think? It, it's it's gotten to that point where it's it's the, these shows are warranted or is it just a little bit of hysteria yeah i don't think it's warranted doing that in japan i mean in parts of china sure but i understand it's better to be safe than sorry and uh but i i think new japan are making the right move here don't cancel any shows but people have got to be vigilant and you know if you're sick maybe don't go to the wrestling show. And that goes for any kind of sickness, not just the coronavirus. So uh, it's just good advice as it is. So if I were in charge, I wouldn't be canceling any shows in Japan. No, I don't think it's warranted. I I, I mean, look, to me, they they wouldn't cancel shows unless there was either A, public pressure to to do it, or B, um, it was so bad that they they couldn't run shows. I can't again it's it's hard for me to sit here in comfortable New Jersey and be like, well, they shouldn't cancel shows, you know, I'm not there. I, I don't just it, it doesn't, you know, I I can't make that decision for them, but um giving the data that is available, I think they're just they're being overly cautious. And 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 sometimes I don't think there's anything wrong with being it's one fucking show. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like it's it's the fucking dome. You know what I mean? What are they canceling? A show at Corkin? A show in a show in Shinkiba? You know what I mean? Like that's okay. We can we can make up that show. Um, if we were talking about bigger shows, it might be a, a little bit more of a logistic logistical problem. But I don't know. I think there would be a little bit. It would really need to be. Okay, we got to cancel this fucking show for the for the public safety of the people going and our crew and wrestlers uh, and staff. Um, yeah, then it would be a little bit more, a, probably more of a of of the needle being pinned toward. Okay, this is a serious situation. So moving on to RevPro High States because yeah. there's big news coming out of this show. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the matches, but I watched a couple of them today. I watched the. El Fantasma versus Michael Oku match. I also watched the main event between Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay. So, uh, big news. Starting with the Cruiserweight match. Uh, Damon, have you seen either of these matches yet? So, I got word that um, Rev Pro had uploaded it right around, I think it was right around 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, my time. And I got really excited because I was like, okay, great. I'll just, I'm going to, I'm going to pop this on right after I'm off this phone call for work. Get this phone call last fucking forever, right? And uh, it was my intentions to pop it on. But then I had plans last night that kind of put a monkey wrench in it. So to answer your question, I have not, but it is on my watch list for this morning. So, I mean, I already know who won, so we can talk about them. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, it's, I was excited to see that they just uploaded it, but it just didn't work in my schedule. All right, well, maybe we'll save the reviews of those two matches for No, 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 next no do week, it. I think... Oh, you want to do it? I, I, I just want your thoughts. What? Give me your quick thoughts. 
Uh, I thought uh, ELP versus Oku was good, actually. Um, just, you know, despite my misgivings about El Phantasm, it was a, a touch overbooked towards the end. A lot of you know shenanigans and ref bumps and and all that stuff, which I don't think the match needed. But it was it was a good match. There was good drama in it. I thought El Phantasmo played his part well as the you know the knobhead heel against the local hometown hero, and it was good shown for Oku. So I know a, a lot of Japanese fans are now talking about. Michael Oku, because just looking at what he's achieved so far, this is a guy who's beaten Pac, he's beaten El Fantasmo, he's won the British J Cup, he's uh, now the Rev Pro Cruiserweight Champion, so that's quite a list of achievements. So a lot of people are one uh, Japanese fans are wondering when are we going to see this guy in New Japan. So I will be very interested to see if that's something that happens this year, because there's a lot of uh, talk about you know is he going to be in the best of the Super Juniors and I think certainly if he wants to go down that road, then he needs to start making some appearances like a Korakuen and so he can start building his profile with the, the Japanese fans. But very, very talented wrestler. Still got plenty to learn. He's still a little bit green, but uh, I think there's enough talent and charisma there for him to have enough upside and be a success mm. abroad. He's on the right path, right? I mean, you checked, you're checking off a lot of boxes for a... Uh... Or a junior heavyweight uh, to make make an appearance in New Japan, um, you would think that would be the next step. So, okay, good. That's that's number one. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Zach and uh, and Will because um, I had live reports as it was happening uh, from uh, uh, the gentleman we call London Joel, and um, he was there and he was sending me um, updates as it was happening, and there was a, a spot. Well, not a spot, but they. Not to give spoilers away, but um, they Osprey brought down. I guess it was a trainer or somebody that he's been associated with since he was young, and he had a, a towel with him, and he kept playing with this fucking towel, and and he, we were going back and forth with the finish, like how it, that towel might be incorporated, you know, so nobody really has to do a job, or uh, so was, there was a little bit of concern with that, but that it didn't seem like that played out, Rachel. Uh, yeah, that's right. And if you want some opinions on the live experience, I would strongly recommend people going and checking out the SmartCast. My Ooh. good friends there, uh, Sipsy from SmartCast, my friend, he was there uh, with his girlfriend, his lovely girlfriend, Sanya. So the two of them did a instant reaction show. So if you want to hear what it was like being there live in the building, then I strongly recommend you listen to that show. It's it's a relatively short one, actually. Uh, let me check exactly. Because, you know, sometimes you like a three-hour podcast, but sometimes just a nice... Uh, concise one is all that you need. Yeah. Uh, let me just open up the app here and find the smart cast. Uh, it's a very cool 37 minutes. Wow. So, okay. Nice. Easy. Yeah, no no reason not to check that out. I love them. You, I told you that. I, I I can't believe I haven't been, never been a guest on there. I can't believe I've never been invited. I can't believe... Uh, you ha- you have... I mean, they I wanted to get you on for a WrestleMania review, but they just didn't get their act together a wrestlemania so. review yeah i i distinctly remember <laughs> you agreeing to be on a, a wrestlemania review podcast with them wow that's that i've got something. the receipts for that yeah <laughs> that would be something i don't think i've sat through a wrestlemania in years uh i mean front to back you know just watching the whole thing it's just oh wow yikes um all right well all right we'll see what we can do this wrestlemania maybe i'll uh maybe i'll suffer through and see uh I don't even know who. The, I, 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 I'm so out of the loop with that company. I can't even tell you who they're pushing. 
Is it is it still uh, is is Braun Strowman still the guy, or is it Roman? Is Roman Reigns still still doing uh, his thing? Oh, <laughs> you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> right, Drew McIntyre won the Royal Rumble. Right, he'll be facing Brock. That's, ah. that's what I understand. So, wow, I, I I think the other match for the other title would be Roman Reigns against the Fiend. <laughs> Maybe Daniel Ryan in there. I don't know. It's wow, not, not my cup of tea. I heard is Cena coming back. I heard that. I did hear Cena was coming back. Uh, yes, yeah, Cena versus Elias was oh. the rumors <laughs> that I saw. Okay, I'm definitely not watching this fucking show. <laughs> AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. Count me out, Sips. <laughs> don't don't keep seats warm for me because <laughs> I can't see me watching that horse shit. All right, um, what else we got, Joel? Here, well, it was a good match. Okay. Uh, I think I I, def- I enjoyed the New Beginning match more than this one, but this one definitely played off the New Beginning match like little callbacks. Uh, that if you've seen the New Beginning match, you'll appreciate the high-stakes match a little bit more. Like, in the New Beginning match, when uh, Zack took the Oz cutter and he rolled out of the ring, but this time, when he tried to roll out of the ring, Will grabbed his hand and stopped him from doing that. So just little tweaks like that, where I, I enjoy things like that to sort of reward the long-term viewers. And yeah, a great moment for Osprey to win that title. And they had uh, him and Giselle Shaw and Michael Oku in the ring afterwards celebrating saying you know Britrest is not dead blah 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 and uh, Will announced that he's moving to heavyweight oh. which is big news something that has been rumoured for quite a while but now it seems it's official so if we take him at his words he won't be doing any more uh, and if he isn't doing any more work with the juniors in New Japan then that leaves a big spot open in the junior division do you think I mean, what, what do you think the implications are for this for the junior division? Because you look at who they got. They got Hiromu, obviously, he's a massive star. Right. And then they got the likes of Ryu Lee, Robbie Eagles, Shoin Yo, El Desperado, El Fantasmo, Taiji Shimori. So I don't think Osprey leaving the division, if, if he does indeed leave the division, I don't think it's going to suffer at all. Now, I mean, look, he's super. I mean, look, we, we all sing the praises of Will and what he's done for that junior division. And how he makes it better, but having him move up to heavyweights was was kind of always something that we knew was was bound to happen. Yeah, I think the I think the juniors are in really good shape. Um, I mean, it's it's all of those. Here's the problem: all of those matches that we talked about, or excuse me, all those people that you talked about, um, Will has wrestled right. So it's not like we haven't seen him in the ring with with just about every one of those guys. So. Um, now it's on to new challenges and m- more matches with heavyweights, which I think will be equally as impressive. Juniors are in good shape um, with all the talent that you mentioned. Yeah, no, I think it's a win-win for both sides, right? Yeah, definitely. And it will give a spot for someone else to step up because last year's Best of the Super Juniors, it was pretty much the Osprey and Shingo show. And now with those two out of the picture, it's going to leave a spot or maybe more than one spot open for people to step up and take that place. So I would love to see someone like El Desperado to step up because he missed Best of the Super Juniors last year. I'm a huge fan of his, but obviously guys like Ryu Lee, Robbie Eagles have had a big push already early this year. So they'd be in, in the mix. I mean, I, I guess if you put a gun to my head now and said, who do I think is going to win Best of the Super Juniors, then Ryu Lee would be my pick. But any of those names I've mentioned, wouldn't be a surprise to me. Even someone like Show coming out of the pack to win it wouldn't be a shock. No. So I just I like the fact that there's a bit of a power vacuum there. If I said to you, 
any division, you know, any junior heavyweights. I we're going to take away Will Osprey, and we're going to take away Shingo. Like you would think that that division would crumble, right? I mean, just just I mean, again, out of context, saying those two pro wrestlers being taken out of the out of your out of your mix now, figure it out division. I, but yet, they're still in such great shape. You know, the, it's unbelievable the 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 cup runneth over of talent when in in both sides. You know, juniors. But again, you're moving two of the greatest pro wrestlers in 2019 and saying, "Okay, we're moving you up to heavies." And then we just talked about the juniors being. You're you're fine. <laughs> you know, it's just pretty amazing that New Japan can do that. Yeah, and I'm really excited to see what Best of the Super Juniors looks like because, oh, I, I mean, could, could you assume that Hiromu is going to win his block? I don't know. It's too early to say that, but uh, definitely, I, there's going to be main event slots open for all those guys we just mentioned to to step up and see what they're made of and see. You know what their drawing ability is as well as, as well as their wrestling ability. So uh, very exciting times. I think it's a good move all round for Osprey. Uh, so Os- I mean, Osprey being a heavyweight now, what do you think his ceiling is? Uh, I mean, I, there were people that were talking about, and I know some some people's heads are going to explode, but there there had there definitely has been talk of you know the the big boy belt um, with him and. And again, I always talk about how that title is is made for a select group of people. It's not a title that gets swapped around uh, like it's a, a pair of socks. Could will I guess the question is this: Could you see in the future Will Osprey, IWGP Heavyweight Champion? And I would have to say, I could. <laughs> I, I, I could. Um, I, I think that is a better than, I mean, if again, the gun to my head, is it a better than 50% chance? <sighs> yeah, slightly. I would say it's a better than 50% chance. Will Ospreay holds the IWGP heavyweight championship. That's 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 not a a a statement I say lightly. So I, I think heavyweight championship is is his future. What, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I think he's got all the tools to be able to hold that belt in the future. I think him learning Japanese would be a great benefit and might expedite that process. But uh, definitely, I, I think that is the trajectory he's on. And, you know, even sooner than that, there's a, a quite a few people who've speculated that he could be a dark horse for the New Japan Cup. So that will be really interesting if he announces his big debut in the heavyweight division by... I, I know he was in the New Japan Cup last year, but by winning it this year as a heavyweight and then facing Naito at Sakura Genesis, I think that will be a really exciting match. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, when do you think we would? It's, it's these Corkin shows that we should start hearing about uh, lineups and people in New Japan Cup, right? Yeah, or maybe after the anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so that's right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, if you, again, we're talking about guns to heads, Will would be one of those guys that I would have front and center in if we're doing pick-ems. Um, he's, he's, he's an early pick for me to make a big splash. Um, I, would, I would think he would do well in this tournament. I mean, give me, a, give me a timeline. Do you think within the next two years we're talking Will as heavyweight champion? Yeah, I think so. And I think Okada would be the man to pass the torch, given the story that they've had and Osprey never managing to beat him. Mm-hmm. It would make sense for the first time that he does manage to beat him, not have it in a G1 or a tournament or anything like that, but have him finally the time that he gets that win over Okada is for the IWGP heavyweight title. So obviously you've got to have some time for that belt to make its way back to Okada and establish Osprey as a credible heavyweight. So, yeah, two, three years, I think so. Okay. Now, this might not be fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to rattle off some names. Is Will Ospreay in this, in this bucket? Would you put Will Ospreay in this bucket with these people? Okada, Tanahashi, AJ Styles, Omega, Naito. Is he is he th- is he is he that guy? In terms of the whole package, like wrestling ability, charisma, yep, star star power, yep. Mm, not yet, right? He's got it, some growing to do. And and how does he do that? He needs a big. He needs a big feud. Is what he needs. He needs a big feud, doesn't he? Yes. I'm just trying to think. Is he, he hasn't really had many extended high-profile feuds in New Japan. Mm-mm. Big feuds he's had have been quite short. You know, the Shingo thing, well, that was just one match, really. Hiromu? Hiromu. Yeah, he's had, you know, how many matches he had against Hiromu? Three or four at this point? But... Kushida? Really, is that a feud or is that a, a series of matches? Right. I don't think Marty it's a- Skirley's had a very good feud with Marty. I think that was, that was one. And obviously, the Zack one is... Something that's ongoing, but maybe Tanahashi would be the man to that's what I'm thinking. get that going. Well, he beat Tanahashi he had that huge, right? Yeah, yeah. At the uh, the block finals yep. at Budokan Hall, so I think that's something you could go back to mm-hmm. and take that out of the context of away from the fact that last time it was at the end of a physically grueling tournament where both guys were pretty beaten up. And have that as a, an extended program where Tanahashi is testing the metal of Osprey to see has he got what it takes to sit at the top table in New Japan. Do you think it's weird that we're talking about Will Osprey and and mentioning IWGP Heavyweight Championship? I don't think so. I think it's something that's, I mean, for me, has been a, a realistic possibility from the start of last year. Really, yeah. As soon as he started dabbling in with the heavyweights with. Ibushi and the Never title and entering the New Japan Cup. I think that's been a distinct possibility, if not a probability. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just think that sometimes I, not that I overthink it, but like I just rattle off names. And even, you know, if you go deeper. Um, and is it, I guess the, the question that I always put in my head is, okay, is Will Ospreay that guy? Is And, and again, it's an unfair comparison, I think. Um, 
but you know, you, if you go deeper into the title history, um, is Will Ospreay that guy? And you know, his match quality is, is you know, <laughs> it's, it's you know, he's. You, I think I don't think there was a, a pro wrestling poll that I saw where Will Ospreay, if he wasn't number one, he was in a top two, <laughs> right? Um, and again, do, do we do we just hang our hats on one year? And I don't think that's the case because he's kicking off 2020 right where he left off with 2019. I don't know. I just sometimes I just see Will Ospreay and I think, oh, he's the goofy guy on Twitter. Um, is that what I want my champion to be? And then I have to remind myself that it's pro wrestling, dude. <laughs> Relax a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think you're right. I think this has always been in the works and always been in the mix. Um, and the fact that we're even discussing his name, I mean, how many questions a week do we get? What's the ceiling for this guy? Right. We get, I think every wrestler on the roster we've talked about their potential and their ceiling. And I'm always hesitant and I always kind of pump the brakes at Intercontinental. I'm not pumping the brakes with this one. Like this one to me seems like it's it's a that's that's eventually where we'll be with Will Ospreay. Sticking with the UK scene and my fellow smartcaster Alan who asked us saying, I know you're probably tired of this question, but are you hearing anything at all about follow-up to Royal Quest after how successful last year's event was, it seemed to us at least, and the schedule all over the place with the Olympics and the late G1? They've got to come back, right? And Editor Dan chips in and says, will Editor Dan get his free tickets? So I I thought, you know, that's a good question. So I put it on Twitter and I said, this is a very interesting question. We'll discuss on tonight's podcast. And our listener, Christoph Burke, says, very interesting, you say, I'm going to read something into this. I'm hoping you get to run an MSG-style victory lap on a UK show before too long. Mm. What, what a ludicrous thing to say, as if, as if we would ever do something like that, Damon. I mean, I, I, I'm just looking at the calendar here and thinking, well, last year's Royal Quest was after the G1. Right. And I thought, well, if, if, if they follow the same pattern this year, the G1 finishes October 18th, I want to say. So, if they did follow a similar trajectory, then maybe that would be where it pops up. But, weirdly enough, Damon, a complete coincidence, to change the subject here, you're going to be in London at the end of October, aren't you? Do you want to tell us about that? I am! I am going to be. Yes! I, um, weirdly enough, uh, right around the, the time that you had mentioned, uh, one of my favourite bands of all time that I have never seen live, uh, Suede. Uh, is at Alley Pally, and that is uh, October 24th. Um, now, I, I've never seen them, and I'm so excited. I can't, you know, I can't believe that I'm actually uh, going to be there and see them at a, at a historic venue like Alley Pally. Um, and that is October 24th. October 24th. It's a Saturday night, Joel. Um, look. I, I sure hope that there would be nothing that would uh, conflict with me going to see my favorite band, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, that would be uh, crazy to think that uh, Suede would be in. Uh, maybe everybody should go see Suede. Maybe, maybe everybody should just keep the 24th open and go see Suede or, you know, 
that would be fun, right? Everybody, right. you listen to this podcast. That means you're a fan of suede. So, right. If you are, if you're in the area or you have the ability to travel to London, and like us, you also love suede, right? Then you too can see suede in London on the 24th of October. Right. Just come. Uh, I mean, the hits, Drowners, Animal Nitrate, uh, Metal Mickey. We don't know. You do remember those songs? Come on. Fucking great. Uh, and, you know, just go, go, come, see Suede, hang out uh, with a lot of other people that probably like Suede. And again, if you like this show, you probably, probably like Suede, right? Suede's a good band, right, Joel? Maybe we'll even organize a, a official Super J cast meetup for people who are going to see Suede. Right, right. I mean, that would be that would be something we would do on a show like this. So, look, uh, I will be there um, <laughs> to to legitimately see Suede, <laughs> um, but but that would be a great place to see everybody. So. Um, because that's where I'm going. So if you want to go and see me, <sighs> no, well, it's, the concert's at Alley Pally on the 24th. So uh, I don't know where else you would want to be, right? On a, on on in on that day, I don't know where I don't know where anybody else would want to be except there, seeing Brett Anderson swing his hips. Like, as only he can. <sighs> How we doing? We doing good, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think we've been pretty clear there. If you like Suede. Right. And you are near London. Right. Then go and see Suede on right. the 24th of October. That's the w- that's what we're trying to tell you. That's a, that's what we're trying to say. It's Music Damon. It's a, you know, it's a regular thing on the podcast. Right. We, that's what we do all the time. We do all the time. We do we do music damn it all the time. It's one of our best best bits. There's you know, just go see Suede. Listen, I can't tell you how many people that listen to this show love Suede. And um, you know, they tell us all the time. If what you know, this is how I keep up on all my Suede news. This is how I, I you know, I learn more about the band, I learn more about the the albums and the and and the songs. This is where I come to for all my suede information. How many people tell us that all the time? Well, now, suede is going to be in London uh, in October, Saturday night. Just saying, if you like suede, save some money. Save some money. Go see suede. Because you saw him before. You saw him before, right? You had a good time, right? Everybody in London, you've seen him before. At least once. Get to see him again. Fucking great. Absolute no-brainer, isn't it? To <laughs> right. return to London to do a second show right. for Suede. Right. It's fucking Suede. They, I mean, they ruled that city. That was their town. London was their town. Come back. Do it again. Take it over. Right? It's a good, it's a good thing. <laughs> How are we doing? We're doing good? <laughs> yeah, I hope that's uh, answered everyone's questions I about think so. Suede. Suede. Right. Suede. Okay, that is suede done. Suede done. on the docket. Suede covered. All right. Well, we've got so uh, four nights at Coracle and Hall coming up. Let's just preview some of the big matches here. So Wednesday, February nineteenth, we've got the Tiger Hattori retirement event. To be honest, there's nothing really here that's worth 
talking about. How dare you? Say. It's just a lot. How about Tiger Tori? How about Tiger Tori? Huh? How about a little? How about a little? How about you put a little respect on that Tiger Tori? Uh, oh, no <laughs> doubt. Tiger Tori deserves to be talked about. And deserves our respect. But in terms of the matches themselves, I mean, the main event looks nice. We've got Goto Ishii Okada versus Sanada Shingo Naito. That'll be a fun match. Tiger Hattori's retirement match. We'll have a Tiger Hattori retirement ceremony. What does Tiger Hattori mean to you, Damon? And how will you feel seeing him step away from his refereeing duties? Well, look, in ring, he's, he is, it's almost comical at this point how sometimes he's not always in the best position <laughs> to, to, uh, to do things. But again... Uh, who who can blame him? He's been doing. He's been in this game for such a long time, Joel. Um, I'm more curious of his role outside the ring, and if that will remain. Um, that's where I. That's where Tiger Hattori for New Japan Pro Wrestling fans. That's that's the value of Tiger Hattori is him being that liaison for many years, being a guy who helped bring a lot of the foreign talent into Japan. Uh, and, and again, being that that buffer and that liaison, uh, think of him as almost. And I could be a little bit wrong in the analogy, a little, little, little bit of a stretch, but I'll I'll give it to you. Think of him as almost like a, like a, a Stephen Regal is today. Um, so again, he's 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 constantly in you know was that guy that was was able to to find and bring in that talent. Um, and also, you know, he had plenty of backstage pull. And he, if you go back into that archive, and you know how Red Shoes is your referee in a lot of uh, big matches in modern day, turn back the hands of time, and that's Tiger Hattori. So, uh, I, I, he, it, don't let it be understated how important and 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 how influential and how. Uh, meaningful his time in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling is, um, and dare I say was. Again, I don't know how this impacts his his uh, his role. We know in ring that'll be you know his retirement, but you know I'm sure he'll have some stroke backstage as well. I, I mean I I can't imagine that going away too much. Um, I know there's and, and again I can't confirm or deny, so don't you know, but. To to me, and from what has been whispered to me, that 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 is more of a Rocky Romero role now. Um, so, yeah, I mean that's he he's he is as significant a figure um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. You know, you could put him up right up there with any of the names that you want to mention as as the legendary in ring performers that might have had stroke backstage. I think Tiger Hattori is in that mix of people who had uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling power throughout the years. And that takes us to Thursday, February 20th, our second New Japan Road uh, card at Korakuen Hall. Going straight to the top of the card here, we've got two big matches. Uh, Six matches, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Roppongi 3K showing Yo defending against the mega coaches, Rocky Romero and Ryusuke Taguchi. So, what do you think about this match, Damon? Uh, do you think it's going to be a uh, pretty straightforward defense for Shoyo? I would hope so. I would think so, right? Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and fantasy book and say dissension in the ranks of of uh, Rapongi 3K. Um, but I think 
I think they they come out of this with the titles, right? Like the, the, with a successful defense. I don't think there's going to be a title change here. I mean, give me give me a percentage in your mind. Twenty percent. Yeah, maybe less than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, and that's fine. That's good. And I think it's a solid title defense to get under their belts. You know, get the ball rolling a little bit. But yeah, I think I think Rapunky three K walk away with this. And our main event is he never openweight championship match with Shingo Takagi with his first defense against Tomohiro Ishii. Woo. So what your what are your expectations going into this one? Boner is what I expect. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 what I would like to see in my pro wrestling. Those two those two gentlemen going at it. Um, I think Shingo also successfully defends, um, but I expect I expect a good one. Cork and Hall main event. That's 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 what we all look forward to, right? A nice, small, intimate cork and haw with people losing their minds with two guys beating the shit out of each other. Um, but no, I, I think I think I think we'll we won't see a title change here as well. But I, I'm I'm praying for a uh, I'm praying for a a hoot of a match. I was talking to friend of the show Malibu about. Shingo Takagi and he's in an interesting spot Shingo because he is without a doubt in my mind at least one of the best workers in the company like from match quality point of view but the company doesn't seem to push him that much you know compared to other wrestlers so do you think maybe that this match is testing Shingo's ability to sell out Korako and Hall because Shingo Goto struggled to sell the Sapporo show and then, you know, you compare it to Naito and Kenta, which sold out Osaka Joe Hall. So do you think this is a bit of a spotlight on Shingo here? I mean, I, I think I think we should give him a little time, right? Um, and I think I, I think Corkin will sell out. I mean, I don't know if selling out Corkin is the litmus test, to be quite honest. But um, I think they've, like, the company's been behind him. And I think the company has... Uh, given him every opportunity to shine, um, I don't. I don't. I would. No, I'm not. I have zero concerns about him being able to draw on a secondary show. Um, and, and I'll go so far as to say that that it, you know, that match not doing as well at the gate as you stated. Um, I mean, some of that's got to be put on Goto too, and the sexiness of that. No, I mean, I'm not worried about him putting asses in seats not yet anyway let again he's not getting a a he doesn't have the the history behind him um with a big program that other people have had he's you know he went through a streak where he wasn't getting pinned at all um they they gave him the never title and let's see what he can do with it. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being very truthful. I don't, I, I don't have any concerns when it comes to him putting asses in seats. Do you think this will be a successful defense for him? Any chance Ishii wins? I hope not because to me, the idea of this, this run are the sexy matches that I can see with him. You know, I feel like I've seen, and as much as we all love Ishii, it's we've seen it. You know, we 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 were witness to many fantastic 
never title matches with him. I want to see. I'm going to see a different flavor. I'm going to see a different take. And I just think that the potential matchups that you can have with Shingo, as opposed to Ishii, where we might have seen a few of them, um, that's the sexiness to me. So I kind of, I'm, I'm hoping that we do not see a title change, and I don't think we will. Then Friday, February 21st, uh, again, Korako and Hall. Our sixth match is the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Championship match with. Champions Bushi, Evil, and Shingo defending against the challengers Ryusuke Taguchi, Colt Cabana, and Toriyano. <laughs> now, I've really enjoyed LIJ as champions this year. I think all the matches that they've put on have been really good. I'm terrified that they're going to lose to the team of clowns here, Damon. <sighs> well, if if our predictions hold true, we would not have we would not have any title changes at all. And usually, that worries me anyway. In the sense of, okay, well, they're probably going to do something on the on these shows to make it somewhat interesting. Are we going to go through all these shows with successful title defenses? And this one is the one that kind of stands out to me. I'm a little worried about this one, too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, what is it? It's Yano, Cabana, and who? Taguchi. Woo. Yikes. So it's uh, Taguchi's second title shot in as many days. Are we yeah. going to get two belt Taguchi? <laughs> Everybody wants two belts. Um, Boy. You know, this one does scare me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Joel. This one does frighten me. Of the three title defenses, which one do you think has a more likely chance? And, and again, these are the never six-man titles that... You know, again, we just found them in the closet just a couple weeks ago. We forgot we even had them. So it would not be a big deal if they moved them again. Of those three title defenses, which one is more likely to see a title change? Yeah, probably this one. I mean, you could just sort of toss a coin for these six-man belts, can't you? Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Uh, not good because like I said I think the way that they've been booked so far this year has been really good and if it goes back on it, well I say back if it goes on this team of Taguchi, Cabana and Yano then my interest drops somewhere close to zero yeah mm. better than 50% uh, yeah I would give the Haha team 70% Woo! chance of winning this Woo. Huh. Uh, now, here's the magic question. What do you do with LIJ? Because you know we're going to get that question. <laughs> it's just a big right. sigh. Right. right, right. I don't... Give, give Evil a, a good New Japan Cup run. Let him go to the semifinals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Sonata... <laughs> <laughs> he's winning it maybe uh, <laughs> what he's not win- I'll tell you what I pray to the heavens above that Sonata is not your new Japan Cup winner I pray to the heavens above that that will not happen no, I, I don't think it would just because if Naito is still champion then you're not going to do LIJ versus LIJ again well, yeah I'm right, you would be going. He'd be running through the entire 
his own entire faction. They could do that, though, Joel. That would not shock me. Probably be quite a popular match. That would sell out Sumo Hall for sure. It's not, yeah. I mean, there would be a lot of interest in it. You know, now that you're saying it, they, I mean, let's put it this way. They, they absolutely could do that. And I'll even go so far as to say that might be a good move for Sonata to get away from LIJ and have, a, and have him challenging for that title in a serious manner. That, that might be the way to go. Because here's the thing. So Will wins. Let's just say Will wins. You don't want him losing, right? You don't want him losing in the end. I don't think that hurts him losing to Naito. No, but don't you want to kind of hold off on any any type of uh, heavyweight championship t- t- uh, challenges? Do you want to hold off on that? Yeah, if I've got the book, then yeah, I would. Yeah, maybe not have him going straight for that belt right off the bat. Right. Sonata's a good pick. And and here's the thing, too. It's a nice little placeholder title defense for Naito, right? You know it's going to draw a really strong house. Uh, if, if, if you wanted to get a little bit creative with it, you could have, you know, Sonata go full-fledged turn on Naito, you know, to get a little, get a little energy and a little heat in the building. You could do Don't that. Think about the merchandise money, Damon. That, that Lij Sonata merch. Okay, you could still have Lij. You know, you could still have Lij, but Sonata's out of the mix, and maybe a new member. I'm fantasy booking here, and I and, and everybody's throwing up in their mouths. But okay, I tell you, I could see a situation where Sonata's New Japan Cup run is him avenging singles losses he had. Right. You know, he, he avenges his loss against Zach. He avenges his loss against Jay White. Maybe Jay White's the final. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Again, I think that's that's nice. That again, that is a nice little placeholder title defense for for Naito, and it makes Sonata a thousand times more interesting. Um, and again, there is always that element of that we talked about last week. Of this is not an Okada Superman title run. There is that vulnerability that Naito has. That is that is part of his charm and appeal. And that makes title defenses for him pretty exciting. Um, hmm. Okay, again, I'm not saying that that's the way to go. This is not some some you know tongue in cheek. You know, I'm, I'm trying to give you. I don't know. Nobody knows, but um, just an interesting thought to to think about when it comes to that New Japan Cup. Uh, here's the thing: I, I'm excited to see. I just want to see the bracketing. Like, I just want to see who's who's paired up with who. And that might help tell a story of who goes on to that finals and wins it. Seventh match, main event is the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the champions, Gorillas of Destiny, defending against the Golden Aces, Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Mm. See, I actually thought for a few weeks ago that it was going to be, you know, Finley and Juice against uh, Tana and Ibushi for the, the rights to the number one, but they just jumped right to it. Um, I think this will be a good match, don't you? Yeah, 
definitely because yeah. I think when you're opposite guys like Tanahashi and Ibushi, then it's hard not to have a great match. But I, like you, I'm a bit curious as to why they changed direction because it did seem that they were signalling a golden aces versus Finjuice program, didn't it? Right. When Tanahashi and Ibushi were gesturing, making belt gestures towards Finjuice. And then, uh, I mean, I'm, I've got a feeling this is going to end in a three-way at some point. But um, Hot. as for this match, I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, I don't think you, you are. Are you, are you talking title change? Yeah. Huh. I mean, okay. what what are Tanahashi and Ibushi doing? Nothing. So mm. stick the belts on them. Joel, I'm into that. Joel, I'm into that. And maybe, 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 maybe. That little title change in Atlanta was done so that the baby faces can get a big win over the heels. So maybe they're hot potatoing that belt. Right, because if you want to put the belts on Golden Aces, then if you have them take it off Finjuice, then there's a risk that you get a negative reception from them. Right. And also, you do have the the whisperings from Suzuki Goon that dangerous techers are going to be back in action so if you want to have tai chi and zach challenging for the belts then you don't want to see them challenging another heel team in the shape of goodness of destiny so dangerous techers versus golden aces that could be a future program Fuck again me. maybe i'm going too far ahead here i know we're fantasy booking a little bit and again we're we, we can do that we have the luxury on this show because um you know maybe not the, the the meatiest of news this week. Now you got my head spinning, though. That would be... I would be a thousand percent into the, the idea of this. Shit. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, I, I want this done. I, wa- I want this to have happen. Yes. Okay. Good. So we got a hook for this match. Yeah, I mean this. I mean, look, this match to me now turns a thousand times more interesting. Yeah, I will be actively rooting for Abushi and Tanahashi to win the fucking gold here. Yes, absolutely. Let's fucking do it. Our fourth show is Saturday, February twenty second. It's the official Manabu Nakanishi retirement event at Korakuen Hall, and our main event is the Manabu Nakanishi retirement match, where we've got. Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Manabu Nakanishi against Hiroki Goto, Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kazuchika Okada. So, talk to us a bit about what you expect this match to look like and the career and legacy of one Manabu Nakanishi. He, all right, first, let me tip my cap and give some props to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling in the sense of they have done a very good job of kind of going over highlights and 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 sprinkling in some interviews and you know Nakanishi is a guy that f- for a lot of fans and a lot of listeners of this show you know who are relatively newer right they didn't they weren't watching you know his you know G1 win and they weren't watching you know him winning the uh, heavyweight title and you know they weren't there for his you know his time and his run. New Japan has done a very good job in 
doing their best of showing those matches, talking about what he meant to the company at, at a time when arguably they were, you know, a little shaky. Um, and and putting a spotlight on a guy that deserves it and probably for for most of of listeners goes you know they know him as the guy who can barely walk you know in the monster mornings and uh you know every once in a while he'll attempt to jump over the top rope plant you on the ground and you're holding your breath cuz you don't think a guy <laughs> of his of his uh age and physical health should be doing but he was a i mean he was the guy i mean let's we just talked about Will Osprey Nakanishi was the guy. He was put in there in, in, in spots. Let's put it this way. The, the company trusted him in the ring with a guy like Bob Sapp and Brock Lesnar. Right? If, I mean, think about that. You know, these are these are guys that at even at the time weren't the most experienced pro wrestlers in front of big crowds um out there, right? Um so that's 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 trust <laughs> that the company had and trust that you know if something went wrong if if they sh- you know if the match started shitting the bed and started unraveling he was a guy that was going to be able to kind of pull it back in yes did he need somebody that was a a, a a spectacular worker for him to have a really good match yeah of course he did he was he was big he was kind of physically limited um, but it was a guy the company trusted. So I got to give tip the cap to New Japan because they've done a pretty good job catching people up of of the history of him. Um, the match itself, look, it's going to be. F- I think it's going to be one of those fun, feel good moments, right? It's going to be, I you know, it's very similar to what we saw with Liger, um, uh, in his final matches. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Nakanishi. I would not be surprised if he if he took the pinfall, just because of the way that they they book shit. I highly doubt he will get the pinfall. Um, just by the way they book. You, you, you don't think he's going to tap out Goto in this? No, one? I don't think he's going to get that. Uh, so again, they that's that's how they book this shit. Um, but I think it'll be a feel good. I think, um, and I think here's the thing, and and, and here's where. Here's where English commentary is going to come in very handy. We all know Kevin Kelly's going to do his homework. We all know Chris Charlton is going to do his homework even more than he already does. Um, and we know, you know, Gino's there for, 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 for laughs and punctuation, and that's good. That's what you need. But they're going to help tell that story, right, and to help everyone who, again, might not be as familiar with Nakanishi, um, to help sell the importance of this being his his final match, so um, that that right there is the value of English commentary to people like us. So uh, I think it'll be fun. Again, I don't. I'm not expecting a, the greatest match on earth. I'm expecting a lot of smiles, maybe a tear or two, um, and. Again, the English commentary helping uh, connect the dots for us when it comes to the historical significance of Nakanishi hanging them up. There's a good interview piece on NJPW1972.com 
part one of a two-part interview with Nakanishi, which I would recommend checking out. And he goes into detail about some stuff like his Olympic background and the neck injury he had in 2011. And, and he talked about the fact that he hadn't really been taking proper care of himself before he got hurt. And that he learned the lesson that he, he, he thought he was just being lazy, basically. He, when he had like a big title match coming up, he wouldn't work hard enough and slacked off. So it's interesting to see him being uh, that reflective as his career comes to a close. So uh, definitely I would recommend people having a look at part one of that interview on the New Japan website. So uh, that's it as far as the four Korakuen shows go. And let's dig into some listener questions then. From Discord, Art White Flame says, does Okada supporting Man City by wearing one of their shirts disqualify him from all rest of the year conversations? Did you see this, Damon? <laughs> yeah, I saw the picture of him, uh, you know, pumping his chest with the Man City. Um, now, I, I, here's what I need from you, Joe. I need a little, I need a little footy background here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Man City always like the lovable losers? You know, they were always the team that you know was always in the shadow of United. And you know they always you know second second best in this in a, in a city of Manchester. Um, they they get a new owner who spends billions of dollars on the team, new stadium, all that stuff. And you know you could argue that they bought titles, but that first title win was pretty fucking exciting for that for them, right? Is it the fact that okay they're now like the Patriots, where it's just like okay you're winning again, you're you're you you know. You're buying your way to a title. Is that is that the is that the feeling for Man City now? To some extent, yeah. I mean, this season is different because Liverpool are just running away with it. But there's definitely a lot of financial skullduggery going on. I mean, since uh, Sheikh Mansour took over in 2008, they've had annual losses of 535 million pounds, which is obscene, and they've fallen afoul of financial fair play restrictions and. At the time of recording, they have been banned from the Champions League for two years. I don't know if that's going to be overturned or what, but uh, definitely there have been accusations that they are not playing fair when it comes to money, which I guess is quite appropriate then that Okada aligns himself with uh, such a... Go ahead, say morally, it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say morally bankrupt club. Maybe that's not fair. but that's not fair. <laughs> one that's rolling in money at the very least. Well, let me ask you this. Does... Do you guys have a salary cap? So you you have a, a certain number, no. Of, no salary cap. So you can spend whatever you want on players th- throughout the world, correct? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. There are uh, UEFA financial fair play regulations, which were what does that established mean? to to stop clubs from spending more than they earn and getting into financial problems which might threaten their long-term survival, which is what's got them into hot water at the moment. But it it seems to me that those rules are in place to protect the elite clubs who are ruling the roost now and to stop outsider teams from coming in and and breaking up that party. So you've got all this group of successful teams at the top who did all that shit, like, 10, 15, 20, however many years ago and are now successful and self-sustaining but you've got these restrictions in place to stop anyone else from doing it now and joining them at the table so whether or not the financial fair play regulations are a good thing that you know that's a conversation for another time but it, it is something that City have fallen foul of okay. so- In the hobby it's not easy being a fan 
of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network oh i'll ask a dumb question a team like everton or a team like uh and again i'll do a, a you know a, a, a you know smaller team I don't know, I'm, just, I'm picking a fucking thing. Millwall. Um, you know, why can't they be bought out and have the same thing happen? Like, if like if, if those are the rules to play by, then play by those rules, right? Yeah, nothing's stopping them, but, you know, there's only so many gullible billionaires in the world that are <laughs> willing to Vince sink a load of money into a football team. Vince McMahon. <laughs> Did you watch the XFL? <laughs> I do. I do love it. Yeah, yeah. It's not great football, Joel. It's really not. It's uh, it, it, it's it's. I, I don't know if I'm watching it for the train wreck. I don't know if I'm watching it for just because it's on. There is something comfort. I will say this, and I'm sure that you would feel this feel the same way about some, you know, Brit, you know, English football. It's comforting to have it on in the background. You know what I mean? There is a comfort about just hearing 
a game on your television in the background. You're not necessarily watching it, but there is a comfort in it. And I feel like that is what the XFL is. The XFL is a, you hear football in the background, and you're not necessarily even watching it, but it's there, and it's just kind of like this warm blanket that people need to get through to you know the NFL. Um, yeah, it's it's I don't know. I mean, I, I know the ratings for week one, and I think everybody expected the ratings for week week one to do to, to do to do well. I'm curious to see what weeks two, three, four do, and that's where the the proof in the pudding is going to be if this is going to work out. But Vince is popping in, you know. He's expecting the losses, so he's he's financially prepared for it. So, um, but yeah, it's not good American football at all. Michael CC says, "What policies does Zach Sabre Jr. need uh, to really gain momentum in the race against John Moxley? In the race against John Moxley? Are we talking politically here? Yes. Okay. So, uh, I did see the uh, Zach tweet to uh, Bernie Sanders." Um, I did see that. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I hate politics so much. Like I just, I, I just get so disenfranchised. Is that the word I'm looking for? I just, I, I, I disenchanted. Disenchanted. Okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah. I, I think just, disenfranchised means like you're not able to vote anymore. Ah, uh, I'm able to vote, um, but it's just, it's just such a like. I just don't. <sighs> Like I'm for the betterment of as many people as possible by electing a president, but I'm and I know that it trickles down in the sense of okay, you have a person that's your president, and then your you know representatives and, and senators help support that mission, and blah 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 blah. I'm I struggle with the fact that. I don't know of a president that that has I don't want to say I don't want to be selfish and be like he hasn't done anything for me but like I just feel like some of the things never really like so there was a guy Andrew Yang who was in the race and at the very least he talked about things like he was never going to win but at least he talked about things that kind of connected in the sense of artificial intelligence and the real reason why jobs were lost and a lot of things that, like, he would say that, I don't know, it just felt like things that I've been saying for years of, why are we talking about this? But, but he's out of the race. So, like, at, le- at least he was one of those guys where I was like, okay, that, at least he's saying things that, that I kind of connect with. Whereas a lot of things, it's just like, uh, I, I just like, I don't know, I don't know. I'll shut up because I'm just gonna get myself in trouble. But, um, how do we even get here, Joel? <laughs> oh, what does what does Zach have to do? Such um, policies. Yeah. Uh, I don't Sell out Royal Quest Two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sell out Royal Quest Two if they have it. Yeah. Uh, okay, then uh, next question. Emilio Hernandez says, how much objectivity is there in wrestling? Obviously, everyone has an opinion and art is subjective, but there's got to be something said about how well or poorly a match is executed. Great. This isn't a one-sided topic. I just want to get the guys take on how they think of a match. I'm very like, passionate. It, rating it, talking about it, etc. Yep. Okay. I'll give you an, ex- an example. So, um, again, there's no secret that I love uh, Duran Duran, the band. 
And uh, I uh, will listen to Duran Duran, and I will hear like a bass line from John Taylor of Duran Duran. And I'll think, man, that fucking bass line is amazing. Like Rio. Like if you just listen to the bass line of the song Rio, that's a fucking great bass line, right? But I could get a couple beers in me and be like, John Taylor is the best fucking bass player ever. And I know that's not the case, right? Um, and I think sometimes people get that way. Like, again, I love Duran Duran album Rio. Front to back, I think every song is fucking fantastic. I can't sit here and say that it's the greatest album of all time, right? <laughs> that would be somewhat ludicrous of me to say. Even though I think every song is fucking great, that doesn't mean it's still the greatest. So yes, there has to, there should be at least standards. Now, I'm going to throw out a name where I'm like, I just, I, I that I don't get. I, personally, I don't get. But I, if you enjoy it, knock your pants off. I don't care. Good for you. I don't get. Orange Cassidy. Like, when I see an Orange Cassidy match, I, I just, I, that's just not for me. And I have people coming up to me being like, that was the greatest match ever. Why? Oh, I really liked it. I thought it was funny, or I thought it was this. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't make, make it a great match. Your enjoyment of it doesn't mean that it's great. But that would be like saying, you know, Taylor Swift sells out football stadiums. That doesn't necessarily mean she's the you know one of the greatest performers of all time, or recording artists, or the songs are the greatest. That means that she's popular, and there's a big difference. There's a big difference between being popular and being great. Now, again, the idea of selling tickets and and making money and all that stuff and being a star is probably the end game, right, for a Taylor Swift. And it's probably putting smiles on faces, having people enjoy themselves at pro wrestling shows. That's the end game for an Orange Cassidy, right? To me, that's that's what it is. But to sit there and say that that's a great pro wrestling match, I don't know. I, that's hard for me to swallow. Um, so, yes, I do believe that there are standards. Now, again, for me, it's I need I need to see something physically that I know I couldn't do. Right, that's. I think that's really the the bar. Like, if I could do that in a match, I really feel like sometimes that if if I can do it, how how great could it be? Right. Um. And that goes with all sports. Like, like look at like you know basketball or like if I see shit that I know I can't fucking do. Okay, that's impressive to me. Um. So I, to me, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but yeah, I think they're ha- like you can like whatever you like. That's this is not what I'm saying. Like whatever you want. I want you to like whatever you like. Please do it. But know that just because you like it doesn't mean that it's the greatest thing ever. I guess that's what it is. And that objectivity is what's missing in a lot of pro wrestling discussion. Now, I will say this: Are we biased in what we like? Probably. Right, I, I would think that's true, but I think that this show, at least, we at least try to be as objective as possible. We may not hit the mark every time, but I really feel like we do our damnedest. Like we're not a podcast that's going to sit here and talk about New Japan. Everything New Japan does is fucking roses, woohoo! The, the shit unicorn, whatever. Um, but that's not us. But in the same breath, if they do something great, 
we're, we're the first pre- people to stand up and applaud and fucking go nuts over it. <sighs> but I will say this. Sometimes that's that's biased to what we like as pro wrestling fans, right? When we stand up and hoot and holler and 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 cheer and 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 love, that might swing back to what we enjoy as pro wrestling fans. So it's a good question. That's a very good question, Joel. I'll, I'll give you the floor. I think a good a contemporary example is this most recent NXT takeover in Portland, where. The main event was very divisive. So you had uh, Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa having what, by all accounts, sounds like... I haven't watched it, but it sounds like a very well-worked match. But there's just too much. It's too overwrought, too you know overbooked, too much shenanigans going on. And there was a, a really good tweet by uh, Matthew of Botchamania... I'm going to try and find it so I can quote it exactly. Um, which spoke to this sort of sense of excess and uh, the a lot of people's problems with NXT these days. Uh, let me t- try to scroll through. Maybe I'm old, but the best bit of NXT takeovers are the first hour and a bit before I'm desensitized to the 99 kickouts formula that nearly every match sticks to. Matches are technically good, but by hour three of, oh my god, he kicked out of the top rope fuckingator, I'm numb. So I think that delves a bit deeper into this point where the work is all good, and, you know, objectively, like the moves are well executed and it's well paced and it's athletic and impressive, but it's just too much. And then your sort of question of objectivity and subjectivity comes to the fore because there'll be some people who think that's amazing and want to see that in their main event every single time NXT put on a big show. And there are some people who think that it's overkill and that if you see it every single time in your main events, then it no longer becomes special. So I think there's kind of like a baseline on something that wrestling fans can agree on in terms of the the quality of you know, the, the technical execution of the matches, but everything beyond that point, I think, is completely subjective, as is most art. But does that come down to that tribalism argument? Because if everybody stayed in their lane, like, here's the thing. If you don't like NXT main events, you always have the option of not watching them. But I feel like everybody has to watch as much as they can and then and then point the finger at shit they don't like and and kind of pump up the shit that they do like. Like, if you like All Japan and you find All Japan to be your sweet spot, watch All Japan. If you like NXT main events, watch NXT main events. The problem I find is that people have this fucking need to hop on Twitter or hop on wherever and... Try to be the jack of all trades. Why not just tweet about all Japan, right? Why not just tweet about the things that you enjoy watching? As opposed to, I wouldn't say burying the shit that you don't, but if you know you don't like it, why are you watching it? I think it's symptomatic of the the political culture we have these days where uh, criticizing something for clout is increasingly popular right. and tends to get more 
response and interaction on a platform like Twitter than saying, hey, I really like this thing. If you say, you know, you quote tweet a, a gif of a, a spot in a match and say, oh, look at these two idiots, this is crap, then more people are likely to interact with it. And I think that, like, as, I don't care how anybody takes it, really, but it comes down to everyone thinks their opinion is gold, and they have to share it. Do you know how many times, and I've told you this before, the greatest thing about us <laughs> is this, is that I live in New Jersey, and you live on the other side of the world in China. And there is an app called Twitter. And Twitter has a security feature in it where it freaks out because it sees my location and it sees your location and it thinks somebody's being hacked. And there's a phone number associated with – I got to put in like a phone number to get access to it. Not every time. Sometimes. I always forget the fucking phone number. And I'm too lazy to scroll through uh, the messages that you send me with that phone number to find it and put it in for a dumb fucking tweet. So it's almost like it's a built-in editor, right? Right? Now, I also have a built-in editor in my head thinking, is anybody going to give a fuck what I think about the? You know what I mean? Like, I have that all the time. I probably delete more shit than I post shit. You're po- I, we're saying this, doing in a two-hour New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, but, but a lot of times I think, you know, if if a, if a, if, a, if a thing like tw- Twitter went away, I think a lot more people would enjoy a lot more things a lot more, right? I think I, I think that that little noisy negative bubble of Twitter is vastly overstated, and it, get, it gets blown out of proportion, and it doesn't reflect the reality. General, yeah, I would agree, but it is a very loud ringing in your ear and and not to get too deep into this but we've become addicted to our phones i mean i'm guilty of it in the sense of i have five minutes to spare and what's the first thing i do i reach for my fucking phone right which is okay i mean it is what it is i'm not saying it's wrong it's right i kind of am saying it's wrong but that's what we do when we're at the table with a bunch of friends drinking a couple of beers. You know, mo- most of the night people are on their fucking phones. So, yeah, it's easy to say it's a small minority. It's a noisy minority. But we're paying so much fucking attention to that small, noisy minority. That yeah, and Here's the thing, too. I don't think it's that much of a minority. Because everybody's there. I mean, it's not like, like you know, seven people are on Twitter. Every, everybody has a Twitter account. Now, you might not post shit, but you're reading shit. Like, you, everybody has a fucking lurker account. I have a fucking lurker account. Um, you're there. You're, you're constantly in that mix. And it's hard. And unless you make a conscious decision to be like, fuck this noise. This is shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm out. It's hard to get away from that. Yeah, you're not wrong, and I think the phone addiction thing is a very real problem, even for me. Like, if I want to sit down and watch a movie or something, often I will have to put my phone away somewhere 
because it's just too tempting to just you know there's quite a part of the movie I'll just you know have a look and see what's going on on these apps and it doesn't it, it kind of ruins my enjoyment of the film so it ruins my enjoyment yeah. of everything I, like I'm being dead serious I can't I'm really trying to think of a, a time where it's like oh Twitter has has made anything that I'm watching doing seeing more enjoyable ever yet we're all we're all looking for it and I will go so far as to say there is and, and people can be like ah, I just laugh it off oh, I, don't, I don't care about it ah whatever you see something negative online. And your fucking blood boils instantly. Now, you might be good at bringing it down, calming it down, and then laughing it off. But there is a chemical thing where you read it, and then you read it again to make sure you're reading what you read. And it's like, motherfucker. Right? I don't... Who needs that? (laughs) You know what I mean? From somebody you don't even know, from some... You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't fuck. Yet, again, I'm sitting here talking, you know, doing a podcast. (laughs) So what you're saying is everyone should unfollow us on Twitter, right? No, I'm not saying that because I think we post quality content. <laughs> but what I'm saying is is that what am I saying? I'm saying I understand that that, that this is not going away. But um I think it's very hard to not have this this tool impact either your enjoyment or not enjoyment of anything that you are passionate about. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I can't help but agree with you there. Uh, Tejas92 says, next two areas I think New Japan should hit up is cities like Chicago, St. Louis, and Detroit. Maybe Canada as well, like Toronto. Your thoughts, please. Well, I mean, again, we say it a lot, but I, I think there was a reason why you saw that press conference with that awful map <laughs> representing the regions of the United States that New Japan Pro Wrestling plans to hit. And I would go so far as to say that uh, 2020 is going to be one of those years where you see a lot of that. Um, so go back, watch that video of that press conference, look at the regions, and safely assume that New Japan Pro Wrestling will be visiting those areas. Texas, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Toronto would be a, you know, that was a region, if I'm not mistaken. Could uh, I just interrupt and change yeah. the subject completely? Yes. Uh, Tejas, my birthday is in July. So ah. if you want to send me a present, that's that's the time to do it, July. July? Oh, you, so you, what you're saying is, is in July, your birthday, um, I just had one. So in July, if... Where we, I mean, have you ever? Let me ask you this: Have you ever had a birthday in Toronto? Uh, no, I can't say I ever have had a, a birthday in uh, Toronto or Chicago, Detroit, Buffalo, places like that. Right. So that I mean, it's nice um, that time of year, right? So it's not as cold. Um, no hockey. You can't enjoy the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, but you can get a lot of merch. I'm sure. Uh, the CN Tower, very nice, very nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, listen, if I'm going to celebrate a birthday in July, Joel, that might be that might be where I would want to go. <laughs> Joby one, yeah, we're getting, oh, we're, we're getting really good at this. <laughs> Joby one, can I, uh, just taking a moment here. I just I. What's wrong? 
I don't want to get to the point which happens with... I know it happens with the Voices of Wrestling flagship guys, where if they say something, if they report a rumour and say, mm-hmm. this is just a rumour, mm-hmm. then it's immediately someone's making it into a thing on Reddit. saying uh, Voices of Wrestling have announced officially, blah, 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 yeah. blah, Minoru Suzuki is leaving the company. Right? You know, that whole thing. They never said that they thought that was true or that was going to happen. They were literally just reporting a, r- a rumour and reporting it as such, and it got twisted and... People were reporting it as fact and taken it out of context. So I just, I hope we never get to that point, David. Are you worried about that one jerk off on uh, Reddit? <laughs> What's his name? The guy that always has to, like, it's the same. And he has like five different accounts. And it's like, it's the same shit. You know, it's the same guy because he says the same dumb shit every time. You're just like, all right, we know it's you. And he always gets downvoted. And we don't do anything. We don't, we just laugh at it. Um, yeah. Uh, we know, love it. We love it. He loves us. He does. He does. Uh, All right. Uh, Joby One Kenobi sorry. says. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You, you want to say something? Nah, I, I mean, look. I think everybody knows us, and it's not. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I hope not. If it does, I don't know. All right, whatever. <laughs> uh, Joby One Kenobi says, "How much selling happens in these backstage post-match promos? Are the guys really hurt or tired?" Or are they playing it up because they know they're on camera? I would suspect it's more of the latter. Yeah, I mean, these guys, I mean, some, I mean, A, some, uh, look, I I can't do 20 minutes of anything. Let's put it that way, you know, uh, without being, I, I can't do two minutes of anything. I'm sure that they're out of breath and tired and exhausted and sore and hurting. I mean, maybe not to the extreme of of some of the promos, but because they're there to help sell certain things but i'm sure they go back there and they're gassed out and they're tired and they're you know they just did something physical for 15 20 minutes i'm not gonna i think if you if you look at the demeanor of the person who's won the main event when they're cutting their energetic post-match promo in the middle of the ring then you know that the winner and the loser have gone through a similar amount of physical exertion and punishment, right? One of them is going backstage and is lying on the floor going, oh, oh, this was so difficult. Oh, they beat me, blah, blah, blah. And then the other guy is standing in the ring going, yay, thank you, Karakuin. You're the best. See you next time. Woo. Right, right, right. But there, I'm, I'm sure there is a, an underlying bit of, I mean, everybody's exhausted, I'm sure. Everybody's tired. Everybody's banged up. But yeah, I mean, it's pro wrestling. We're trying to sell the fact that, oh, I lost that last move, kicked my ass, and it really put me out enough not only to, to give – I mean, let's put it this way. Everybody who loses gets carried out by young lions. You know what I mean? Arms over you know, each other's arm and getting dragged to the fucking back. And that's – again, it's pro wrestling. It's fine. I mean, but, but to say that they're not tired or they're not banged up or they're not – you know, I think that's – Again, it's pro wrestling. They're, 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 it's pro wrestling. Race Collector 420 says, which higher-ranked roster member will Hikuleo get his first notable singles win over? I can see him getting a singles win over someone like Yujiro sometime in the first or second quarter of 2020 as he improves. Well, I mean, if we're looking at, like, normal progression of what we would consider a young lion... <sighs> What we're looking for, we're looking for the first marquee win. Mm. 
I, I still think he's a long way away from getting a win over someone like you, Joe. Me too. Um, yeah. I mean, unless unless they do like the big entrance, you know, like an evil, you know, evil had a nice little middle or Jay White or something like that. Um, and if they did do that, I'm going to put my finger on Goto to be the guy to put him over. Um, if he just comes back, you know, in the mix, I mean, it could be any young lions. It could be any of the, the, those lower tier guys that you would normally see. But if he's looking, if he's doing like the evil big splash return, if he's doing the J white big splash return, I think Goto's a good guy to help him out with that. Yeah, I, I can't see that. I don't think he's at that level. I think he'll come back just based on what I've seen so far. Maybe kind of be at like a Hinare level, beating Young Lions. I mean, still waiting for Hinare to get that big signature, iconic singles win. He's got himself a Could towel. You... He's got himself a towel now. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that might be a little way away. Yeah. Um, okay. Collar Blue 3 says. What was the most shocking heel turn? Kenta turning on Shibata or Music Damon viciously turning on Radiohead in the last episode? <laughs> um, mm, I'll tell you something about yeah. Radiohead. My, yeah. The first ever CD single that I bought as a youth was uh, Paranoid Android. See, I love that album. OK Computer is a fantastic album. Let, let's, let's be very clear. Um... And I, the Benz, I think, is fantastic. But there's songs. Like I, I, I'm a guy that likes songs and melody and a beginning and an end. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of songs that just kind of drift off into fucking space and go ramble on forever and all that. So that that's kind of like where I draw the line in the sand when it comes to Radiohead. Kind of like, I guess, right around Kid A, I guess, would be where I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if this is for me anymore. We're getting to more blips and bloops. Um, but I love, like, like John, is it Johnny Greenwood, is it? The guitar player? Like, when he gets crunchy guitar. Like, I'm not a big fan of Creep. Like, I think Creep is just like one of those songs you're just like, ugh, it's it's almost cringeworthy. Uh, it's kind of like Nine Inch Nails Closer, where Nine Inch Nails has this huge body of work that is really great, and then you hear Closer, and you're just like, ugh, okay. Um... But I love early Radiohead. It's the later Radiohead. I just can't wrap my head around it. Just, it's just not for me. I've got a few questions for Music Damon. Uh, oh. John V. Ferrigno says, question for Music Damon, top five songs by Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, that's a good one. Nice. One of my favorite bands. Uh, Bring On the Dancing Horses is my favorite. It has one of my favorite lyrics of all time, Joel, in there. It's... Um, shiver and say the words... or Shiver and say the words of every lie you've heard. Oh, I fucking love that line. Um, so bring on the dancing horses is up there. Um, ooh, um, they have a song, um, and it's a later song that I really like. Um, oh, now I'm, I'm forgetting the names of songs, uh, which makes for great radio. But I, I will say my favorite is bring on the dancing horses. Um, I like uh, bu- 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 My Kingdom. There's a song they do. It's called My Kingdom that I really like a lot. Um, mm, Bed Bugs and Ballyhoo is okay. Uh, Lips Like so Sugar is very good. Uh, I would put. I would go that route. I think that's a good good start there. 
Bash says, question for music. Damon, has he listened to Idols or Fontaine's DC at all? I think he would really like these British and Irish bands. Hopefully he's listened to them. Idols I have, just because of the Zach, um, he used Mother coming out. Uh, and I think that is a fucking great song. Um, and then I've heard a couple other songs that I like. I, know, I see them a lot. Like So Access TV will do, is it Access TV or MTV Live or whatever? I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, will play like old Glastonbury and old Reading Festival and old, you know, just. And they'll be on those every once in a while. And I'll see them. And I think, just think live, they, they are just, man, they're intense. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I would necessarily say I'm a fan of idols, but like I'm a fan of them, but like, I'm like, I'm not like, you know, I, I, I haven't listened to everything from them. Um, the other band, honestly, I haven't. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll sort them out and see what they got from there. But yeah, I mean, from what I've heard from idols, I'd like. Eric Missio says, I have two kids, so I'm fully aware that Joel's priorities may be elsewhere, but is he staying long enough in Thailand to check out the new setup wrestling promotion? I I will be in Thailand, actually, and I did check it out, and I tweeted and said, maybe they can set, sort me out with, like, press credentials, and they replied saying, oh, you can buy tickets here, so they ah. big leaked me, so <laughs> fuck those guys. No, seriously, I, I, I if I'm free, I will, I'm going to try and get tickets and pop along. I don't think Mali will want to come. Probably have baby in tow by then. Uh, I'll see if there's anyone else in Bangkok who wants to go with me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure somebody's there, right? Somebody will uh, pop along with you. That'd be fun. Tapler. I'll go with Tapler. Uh, Harry Hotspur 8 says, In the past, I've heard you talk about show possibly being a future ace slash IWGP heavyweight champion. I see the second coming of Kushida, a man who's never leaving the juniors. I actually see more in Yo. What makes you so high on show to think he's a future ace? I just think, I just, to me, he has everything except... Height, right? If he were a couple inches taller, I don't think there would be any doubt in anyone's mind. Um, and I and trust me, I like Yo a lot, but I, there's just something about Show that I just think he has. Again, he's he's a green banana in the sense that you know he there's a lot more nurturing and a lot more to learn and a, and a lot more to grow. Um, but he, he I, to me. He has a, a lot of what I'm looking for in a pro wrestler. Um, again, if he were if he were a couple of inches taller, I don't think anybody would have any questions in their mind. Uh, IWGP Chris BFC's thoughts on City's Champions League ban. I did mention t- touch on that. I think it's going to get overturned. I'll be very very surprised if they do uphold that two year ban. And I just think that the lack of consistency is a problem because Paris Saint Germain were guilty of similar things, but they didn't get banned so like why is it PSG don't get banned and then City do get banned and, you know I'll wait and see if they do uphold this ban before I give my thoughts on that maybe maybe uh, you should maybe you should just maybe you should just um, be a fan of Swansea because <laughs> you love Swansea don't you I do I love saying Swansea how are they doing look Arsenal are doing alright now we, we had a big 4-0 win over Newcastle at the weekend oh. so we're, we're turning things around okay Mikel oh. Arteta he's come in bit of a shaky start but he has i think he's fixed the defensive problems we had so we are a lot stronger defensively as a team than we were before so we stopped shipping so many goals just the problem had been scoring goals but i think when you come into a new club that's the first thing you want to do if you're conceding lots of goals is just back to basics get yourself well drilled well organized stop conceding first of all and then you can use that as a platform to start building the attack which i i'm seeing signs of happening so far so i'm optimistic i don't even necessarily think we'll finish top five but i like what i'm seeing so far all right 
But there's plenty of room on the Swansea uh, bandwagon if you want. If you want to hop on, Joel. Uh, RT Cotton 009 says top three picks to win the New Japan Cup. All right, I'm going Sanada, Osprey, and hmm, uh-huh. hmm, uh-huh. Jay White. I also am going uh, Big Willie style, uh, Sanada, and. Okada. Now he won last year. I'm not going Okada. I'm not going Jay White either. I'm going. <laughs> I was going to say Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll say Jeff Cobb. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll, uh, listen, you go. Sometimes you got to go for the long shot, right? To to see if you can reap the benefits. So I'm going to go Jeff Cobb. Wrestling with my girl pod says, "How would you guys suggest breaking down the shows for TV? How would the format work with New Japan's different type of schedule?" So I, I don't know if they're referring to like hypothetically if if uh, New Japan got a US TV deal. What do you think that would look like? Very similar to what they they broadcast now, which is pretty much a highlight clip show, right? Um, so I I can't imagine them doing a custom TV show for the US audience other than a voiceover. Or, or just using, like, you know, um, not even a voice. Well, they would need a voiceover maybe to transition in between segments. But, yes, it would be pretty much what they show in Japan now, which is basically a, a, a highlight show, a clip show. JDM says, will Stardom be at MSG? It could be a way to fill the card or run nearby the day before. It's a good question. You know, you think um, they got a weekend and... You know, maybe trying to squeeze a couple of extra pennies out of people that want to see stardom. It's not a bad idea. Um, I don't know what kind of costs that would be. Um, I haven't heard anything about them having a presence. We don't know anything about the show. Let's put it that way um, itself. But it's not a bad thought. You know, to, to again, they're there. They're in the city. So why not do something Friday night as well? Might not be a bad idea. Uh, have right, and they of- did really well, didn't they, yeah. last time they ran? And, you know, the people who went to that show, by and large, talked about that show being the show of the weekend. Right, Joel? Um, so, yeah, that might, be, that might be a real smart move for them to, to kind of get a little bit of a weekend going uh, August 22nd. Pastrami sandwich. We don't have to do pastrami sandwich anymore. Isn't that great? Isn't that so relaxing now? We could just say Madison Square garden august 22nd yeah now we're just talking about suede instead well, uh, good. Maxim- <laughs> maximus basis uh top dream matches that we haven't seen before between new japan wrestler and a westerner example of walter versus ishii or suzuki and shingo versus keith lee so are there any dream matches between people in western promotions westerners and new japan wrestlers that you would love to see um I feel like a lot of the guys that have wrestled in NXT or are wrestling in NXT have wrestled, you know, on various shows against guys that I would want to see them against. I think maybe like Riddle being involved in New Japan was one of those things that I, I would have really have liked to have seen. Um, I think that would have been a lot of fun. We all know 
the reasons why that might not be a good idea to send him over to. <laughs> but here's the thing, too. I mean, I don't know what policy WWE has when it comes to that, but um, you know, you don't really hear of any problems with it. So I don't know. Who knows? But Riddle would be. I really enjoy watching him, especially outside of the handcuffs of the WWE. Um, that would probably be me. Be be one of, if not my my number one, getting him involved in in New Japan. I like Roderick Strong. I would love to see Roddy against anyone really Roddy against Ibushi I think would be a tremendous match so there's one for you um, Spinebuster94 says any news on when we can expect MSG tickets to go on sale I've heard nothing no idea no idea um, but um, a safe assumption would be soon I would think right? I would think uh, what are we looking at it's uh, February 18 I mean I would think March sometime in March that's usually a good indicator of uh, a couple months out I would say look for for them in March. Uh, Christoph Bork says the New Japan Cup winner traditionally challenges for a title of their choice. Is this a good way to split the IWGP and IC titles, or would that be too soon? Uh, I'd, so what would the scenario be there? So let's say, I don't know, for the sake of argument, like Ibushi wins New Japan Cup, challenges for the heavyweight title only, and then wins that, and that leaves Naito as still IC champion? It, I don't know, it just sounds a bit messy to me. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I would really think, because why would anyone who would have the opportunity to challenge for the big boy belt say, ah, eh, no, I don't want that one. I like the white one. <laughs> you know? Why would why why would that happen? Um, unless they're going to come up with some convoluted you know, idea of, well, the Intercontinental T- Championship, I'm going to bring back, you know, make it as important as... Um, so, yeah, I would think it would have to be some type of, I'm challenging just for that title, or and then a loss, and then away we go from there. Uh, Jack Groove says, no, we've seen him in a few New Japan matches. What are your early impressions of Gabriel Kidd? I like what I've seen so far, but just the, the, the whole young client system means that it's impossible to draw too many hard and fast conclusions about guys when they are so restricted like that because there right. might be guys that you think oh this guy's really talented they're going to be a big success and then they retire a week later or, or just, you know you never see him wrestling again or just burn out so i hope that doesn't happen with gabriel kid i like what i've seen so far uh, the way i see it is this um they're good enough to get into that system right um and now it's okay let's see if you can hang in this system because it's a very hard life <laughs> it's not an easy life uh, being a young lion. So let's see how you do there. Um, I think that if you make it there, you have a very good chance of being a very good pro wrestler. Um, it's now a matter of can you can you make it to the finish line? Um, and if you can, your chances of success have grown tenfold. Leo Pat Pismedov says, wow. what in your opinion should be Wrestle Kingdom 15 co and main events? Oh God. I don't even know what... Main event. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I think it's Okada Naito again. Yeah? You think they're going back with it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be truthful. I have no fucking idea. I, I'll tell you right now, I have no idea what they're going to do for Madison Square Garden. I have no idea what they're gonna, who's going to win G1. 
I really don't. I really like. I feel like you can go a thousand different ways, and and I talked about it. That's why I think 2020 is one of the most exciting years for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Every title is interesting. Every title means something. It feels like um, early anyway, or you know, in February, and I'm excited about just about every single program. So, yeah, I don't. Okada Naito sounds great. I I just don't know. I I. I I certainly wouldn't want to commit to that right now. Yeah, co-main, no idea. Absolutely no idea. Right. I mean, you're thinking Ibushi, you'd want to be up there. I mean, we're talking about Will. Will, Ibushi Osprey again, maybe. I think, I, 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 and I say this not as, what the fuck are they going to do as in that this, this is a bad thing. It's, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with, and as it's this is a, a, an exciting thing and a fun thing and there's plenty of twists and turns in the year um, that should make this one of the most fun years following this promotion. Dynamite Scott says what are three must have feuds during Naito's heavyweight title run? Anyone returning to New Japan to challenge him? An inter-LIJ feud? Book three feuds for Naito as if it was his last run. I think, we're, well, I think we'll see Naito. I think we'll see Moxley Right, I think that we can pencil that one in, right? Uh, I still think a Sonata challenge would would do very well and would be smart. And then the third one, I don't know. What are you thinking? Like Tana? Yeah, I want to see Tanahashi again because that was a brilliant, really fantastic trilogy that they had in 2017, which went under the radar for a lot of people just because Okada Omega was the big one. But it's one that they have kept away from for a reason you know when when they start to keep guys separate for long periods of time you have to start looking at that and thinking hmm, maybe they're saving this for something so yeah i think uh that could be one that we're seeing you know maybe maybe that could be msg naito tanahashi yeah yeah i think that might not yeah yeah i i think all three of those every one of the ones are are sexy enough that uh i would buy a ticket for sure uh, Violet Skipping says, on the IC title, I agree they have too many singles belts at present and seem to have tried to sideline slash background the IC with Jericho as an absentee champion. Could you see the IC tied to the heavyweight until New Japan Pro Wrestling of America is established enough to have the US as its lead title? I don't know if they're thinking that far ahead. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I wish they were. I think, yeah, I think they're just thinking, oh, we've got John Moxley we need a singles title for him. Stick the US belt on him. Yeah. It is weird, though, how they <laughs> they give it to guys who can't fucking defend it. But, um, yeah, I think I think they're just... They have a, they have a nice tool in their tool chest, and, they, and they're going to find a way to use it uh, as, as, as much as they can. And, yeah, I don't think... I don't know if they're thinking that far in advance. Seth Plout says would Ghetto have the balls to headline MSG with Naito White and if not do you think we'd get that earlier in the year perhaps at Dontaku or Dominion I, I think given that we've seen that three times since the G1 block finals you want to pump the brakes on that I don't want to see Naito White again for a long two time. years yeah. Yeah. yeah and to me that just I think that would turn more fans off you know what I mean? I think I think you would hear a lot more negativity on that online and uh, in New Japan chatter 
that that being the main event, like you waited all summer and they announced that, you'd, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, I think I, I don't think that's going to be a good one. Steel O'Neill says, uh, do you think New Japan are happy with their current domestic growth? And this, along with increased international competition, could be why they're not being as aggressive in expanding in UK, USA. I just think this very sort of conservative approach is typical for Japanese business models, if I'm not mistaken. I could be grossly wrong about this, but sort of dipping your toe in and being very, very cagey is par for the course. Yep. I think that plays a factor. Uh, look, I feel like this is what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, this they, they are a touring company that in the United States right now. Um, are they happy with that? I think they're okay with it in the sense that they, aside from these new beginning tours, All right, let's be honest here. And G1 Dallas, which again, even though they got you know four thousand people in that building, you know, in an eighteen thousand seater, you know, the expectations might be, you know, <laughs> that you fill up a little bit more of those seats. But okay, um, I think. Look, I think that they're they're okay. I would I would put. A, I don't want to speak for them, but I would think that they're okay with what's what has happened so far, and I think that they see opportunity. For improvement, let's put it that way. I I think that they know it could be better, um, and they're very cautious in pushing that envelope harder, um, because not that. And again, that might be the fact that that you know that. And again, we're talking might be talking completely out our ass with this. It might be that that's just that is just the the business attitude that that is there. I think they're okay. I don't think they're doing cartwheels. I think they think we're doing okay. Three years ago, if you asked this question, I would think that they would have a little bit more loftier goals. Um, I think they I think they feel like they they've done okay. Also, I think the emergence of AEW maybe scared them a bit and thought oh okay maybe there's a, a chance of the market getting oversaturated and possibly they pulled back on stuff that maybe they were going to go ahead with what, do you think that was a possibility yeah I do I I, I do um, I, I've said it a countless times here that um, I, I think it's a safe guess to say that New Japan thought they would be in the spot that AEW is in after three or four years' time of working relationships, building uh, house shows here in the States, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, look, they've made, they, they've made great strides in breaking into this market They've also fumbled the ball on numerous occasions. Um, as long as they they learn from their mistakes, uh, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think three years is plenty of time to kind of <laughs> do what you got to do to make something as successful as possible. L- look, maybe this is this is exactly what they wanted, and they're comfortable being where they are. Maybe. 
PD Batman says, I'd love to get a few must-watch old New Japan matches from Damon. I've been following since 2016, but haven't dived into the archives. Um, well, if you again, I don't know what necessarily is in the archives and what isn't. So that might be of issue. I will say this, um, and the only reason I know this is because I recently watched it. Um, I mean, anytime you get any one of those those multi-man tags in the 80s, um, those five-on-five gauntlet matches, like 84, where you get like a mix of like Anoki, Tatsumi Fujinami, and, you know, Fujiwara's in the mix against like Choshu and Yoshiaki Yatsu. Those are always great. So I would go out of your way to go and f- try and find those. There's even like another one. It's like um, Liger's in it. He's, he, he's he, Kichi Yamada there. But it's like Tatsumi Fujinami and Yamada and uh, Fujiwara against Choshu's teams. I know uh, Masa Saito is in there. Super Strong Machine is in that one. So I'm going to say that was like 86, 88, one of those. But again, if you find any one of those multi-man elimination gauntlet matches, they're always fucking great. Um, to me, anything with Akira Maeda, like I would just start looking for Akira Maeda stuff. Those matches are always fun. If you like a guy, and I'm, I'm going to give you a terrible uh, comparison, like Shibata, like a bigger, stronger Shibata, right? Uh, yes, his match with uh, Fujinami from yes, nineteen eighty six yep. June, I think. Uh, yeah, is that the one with the blood, the accidental blood, the kick in the corner? Mm. Uh, awesome. Um, there's also um, pretty cool. Uh, you know, if you do the whole trilogy, not not even trilogy, just more than that. But anytime you see like a, a Ricky Choshu Tatsumi Fujinami match, you know that's going to be good. Um, there's even stuff with guys that you know. There's there's a match on there. It's like Adonis, Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch against, I want to say, Fujinami and Anoki that's on there. It might be uh, like the MSG Tag Tournament Final or something. That's really good. There's an Andre-Stan Hansen match that I think Kevin Kelly did English commentary on. Um, that you, you got to go out of your way to watch. And that's from like the early 80s. Like I'm going to say like 83, 82, 81, something like that. Hansen. Andre. It might be the best Andre the Giant match ever. Uh, it's really good. Um, so again, start there. And again, of course, go with your go dig deep in Liger matches. You're not going to go fucking wrong there. Um, but those those are some matches that uh, I would kind of go that route, and you won't be disappointed. Uh, one more question, then let's have Boston Tony says Johnny Marr or Billy Duffy. All right, kids, strap in. It's another Damon Music segment. Huh. Um, I mean, personally, uh, Johnny Marr. I, 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 look, there's something to be said about Johnny Marr and the Smiths and what he was able to create musically like a like a like a like a soundtrack and a sound that was so copied by so many other bands when they heard him and it was it was original and like i i really appreciate 
sound like guitarists who can create their own sound. Like you turn on the radio, you turn on whatever, and you hear it, and you're like, "Up, oh, yep, that's definitely Johnny Marr." And the way that they can get certain tones from their fingers and their guitar, and I think Johnny Marr is one of those guys. Um, that's not, and that's not, you know, shitting on Billy Duffy. Billy Duffy of the Colt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I gotta go. I gotta go. Johnny Marr. Every and how influential he was to so many bands. I like. Um, yeah. No. Johnny Marr's gotta gotta be it. Gotta be it. Johnny Marr might be my favorite guitarist. Bernard Butler from Suede, who I'll be seeing October twenty fourth uh, in London, and everybody should go see Suede. Um, even though Bernard Butler is not the guitarist anymore, but he's one of the, my my all time favorites. Uh, Graham Coxon from Blur also. So, yeah, when you can produce a sound, a distinctive sound, that means a lot. Suede. <laughs> London, October 24th, Suede. Suede. All right. Uh, what we got? Is that it, Joel? We're done? That's it. We're done. Oh, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash day dash cast. Give us money. Thanks to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use promo code superjcast to get 20% off and free shipping. Discord link is in the show notes prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast for our t-shirts massive thanks to editor Dan visit his YouTube channel and on Twitter at EscapeTheBoxUK subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network by the great shows give us a five-star review on iTunes follow us on Twitter at superjcast thank you everyone for listening and goodbye goodbye